0: Welcome, thank you for joining us. You are listening to Gaining Christ Audio, a ministry designed to teach the truth of God from the Bible, to encourage you in your knowledge of God, as well as your confidence, satisfaction, and faithfulness in Him. Or so that you will hear the true gospel, come to genuine faith in Christ Jesus, and receive eternal life from God if you have not already. In this podcast, we will answer this very important question. What is God's primary purpose for His people? Or more specifically, what is God's primary purpose for you? What is God's purpose for His people? God's primary purpose for those who belong to him. Now, I do not know, of course, how you might answer this question. It would depend on where you live in the world, what you think, of course. Maybe you have no idea what God's purpose is for his people. Or maybe you think that there is no God, so there is no purpose really to life that You are a free, independent biological organism, so your purpose is to do whatever you want. Or maybe you think that the purpose of God is for people to be good, contribute to society, make the most of this life, and then they die and it's all over. Or maybe you believe that God's purpose is to see Jesus as a good example Live a moral life, attend church or some religious institution of choice, live well with others, and then go on to heaven wherever your God may dictate you go. Or maybe you think that God's purpose is to be a good person and to please God doing good works by going to church, doing religious deeds, and through this you may earn eternal life. Or That God's purpose is for your greatness in this life. That if you believe in Christ, then your troubles will go away and you will have physical well-being, financial success. You will gain things and social influence, whatever you want. Christ is the power source to your material gain. Or maybe more appropriately, you may think that The purpose of life is many things, that you come to Christ in faith, you repent from sin, you love others, to trust God, follow the Bible, learn the Bible, grow in wisdom, knowledge of truth, learn doctrine, do ministry, work ethically, provide for your family, honor and respect your parents, leaders, coaches, teachers, take care of your family, be a light of the world, be kind. Be a good businessman, or an excellent pilot, or a trustworthy CEO, an honest CPA, devoted doctor, joyful teacher, faithful officer, encouraging coach, good sportsman, or dedicated athlete. And in all this, you glorify God. This is the purpose that God has for your life. Well, this may be true. These things just mentioned. But the question is, what is God's primary foundational purpose for his people? The answer, according to God, through the Bible, God's primary purpose for his people is to gain Christ. Gaining Christ is God's purpose for his people. This is the most glorifying to God for a person to experience, pursue, and have. Let's see the proof and what this means looking at the Bible, gaining Christ, being God's purpose for his people. To do this, I will look and we will read through a passage that Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians. Paul was, as you may know, a Jewish religious leader Very faithful in Judaism, did not believe in Christ as the Messiah, thought that his salvation was through good works, religious obedience, who he was, and then God saved him. As a result of this, Paul became very devoted to Christian ministry, as you probably know. And he subsequently wrote letters to believers, one of which was a letter that he wrote from a prison in Rome to believers in the city of Philippi, where Paul is describing what it means to be a true believer in Christ. I will look at chapter 3 of this letter, a monumental chapter in the Bible, in my opinion, and others as well. We'll begin in verse 3, and here's what Paul writes. Listen carefully. It is we, the true believers, basically, who worship by the Spirit of God, and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, Paul says. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of A Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. Listen carefully. But whatever gain I had, I now count as loss on account of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, on account of which. I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God depends on faith. To know Christ and the power of his resurrection, and share in his sufferings, being conformed to his death, that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have already made it my own, but one thing I do Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us, for many of whom I've often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from heaven we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power which enables him to subject all things to himself. What is God's purpose for his people? As Paul writes and emphasizes in this passage, which is not independent of other writers and their thinking, God's purpose for his people is for us to gain Christ, gaining Christ. It comes from these verses, starting in verse 7. Whatever gain I had, whatever gain I thought I had with God, due to all of my religious works and who I was, I now count as loss on account of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, on account of which I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, manure, human poop, actually, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. The word gain in Greek, kerdino, means gain in English, to obtain, procure an advantage, to profit from or to win to gain Christ as Paul writes here means to obtain Christ have Christ profit from Christ to win Christ Paul speaks this word gain Christ it's in the past tense but it has a present active intent to it so the word is like gaining Christ a one-time action that continues in the present, into the future. Gaining Christ, we would say, this, this phrase, gaining Christ, specifically is not in the Bible. But gain Christ is, and as Paul uses it, here's what gaining Christ means. To obtain Christ and the infinite value of Christ from the moment of your spiritual rebirth throughout your life and into and through eternity. This is God's purpose for you if you belong to him. There are four activities associated with this gaining Christ, stressed by Paul and Jesus and others through the Bible. We will look at these four purposes that God has for your life, starting with this. Gaining Christ is the gain of Christ For righteousness with God. This is where it all begins. God's purpose for his people is first and foremost to gain Christ, to gain righteousness with God. Here's a question. How does a person become right with God? What is God's way to righteousness, salvation, and eternal life with him? Well, many think, as Paul once thought himself, it's through religious performance, morality, good ethics, being kind in this world, and doing some religious code and following it very well. That's what Paul think. thought until he was saved. Here's what he writes. I now, after I've been saved by God, truly put no confidence in the flesh, although I once did. If anyone thinks he has reasons for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then he lists his pedigree of who he is, his parents, his education, and his devotion to the, the, the religion of Judaism. And he said he was blameless. And then he adds, but whatever gain I had, so I thought in my mind with God, I now count as loss." Listen, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, on account of which I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, not having a righteousness or being right with God or earning salvation from God based on my performance of the religious code, but That's which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God depends on faith. Here is what Paul suffered, and maybe you are suffering through now. I did myself at one time. Paul was once victimized and enslaved to legalism. They thought that to be right with God, to be righteous in God's eyes, is based upon our performance religiously. That's impossible. The world and Satan is selling and teaching righteousness with God or whoever your God is by religious works. How about yourself? How about you? What do you think right now? You see, even in the Christian church, people can hold to the thought that righteousness with God is based, in part at least, on works. For example, well, I'm righteous with God because my parents are Christian, or I'm in a church, I'm a member of a church, or I was baptized, or I do religious things, or I take sacraments, for example. But what Paul says in this passage, in the Bible is clear to say throughout, is that religious works do not earn anyone righteousness with God. In fact, as Paul says here, if you're trusting in your religious works for righteousness with God, then that's a negative, that's a loss on your balance sheet with God. It actually works against you. I count what I thought was my gain, I now count as loss. It's not bad of course to go to church. It's it's great if your parents are Christian. It's good to be baptized if you're doing it for the right reason. And it's wonderful to do the sacraments if you're doing those for the right reasons. But if you're trusting in any of your works or any of those things as a means to your salvation or righteousness with God, then you're trusting the wrong thing and it's a loss and you do not yet have the righteousness of God. I say that in love, but I say that truly because that's what the Bible says, because righteousness with God depends on faith in Christ, genuine faith in Christ, complete trust in who Christ is, his perfect life, his sacrifice on a cross. This is the gain of Christ. When you come to f- faith in Christ by the grace of God working in your life and God then uniting you to Christ and you know Christ personally, you are the recipient of Christ's perfect life. His righteousness is accredited to you, and his death on the cross one time paid for all of your sin. And this now is your gain or your profit with God. So to start to even be in the purpose activity with God, you must be in Christ. You must have Christ. You must gain Christ by faith in Christ. He is your gain with God. It is Jesus's balance sheet and his works alone that bring salvation. Secondly, gaining Christ, God's purpose for his people, hopefully you, is the most valuable gain of knowing Christ personally. What is knowing Christ? Paul emphasizes this through this passage. Jesus did himself in his own ministry. Well, knowing Christ is the primary reason God saves a person. And knowing Christ is far more than just head knowledge. Knowing Christ is personal communion with Christ, fellowship with Christ, personal understanding, awareness, love. And involvement with Christ. It is personal intimacy with Christ. The word to know comes from both the Hebrew and the Greek words that originally describe the sexual union between a husband and a wife. It is used in a spiritual sense, biblically, to describe the intimate communion between God and his people, Christ Jesus and His sheep. It is spiritual intercourse with Christ. Listen to what Paul says. Whatever gain I had in my previous life and all my stuff and my flesh, I now count as loss on account of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, on account of which the value of knowing Christ I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Later in verse 10, I want to know Christ, he says. Knowing Christ is God's purpose for the believer to know Jesus Christ personally. You may have heard, maybe you say yourself, you have a personal relationship with Jesus. That is literal. It is as personal as a husband and wife, a father and a parent, even more intimate than that. Knowing Christ is the means and end to our salvation. Gaining Christ and knowing Christ is the means, but it is the end of our salvation. As God said regarding Christ. The Israelites historically, his old covenant people, he said, my people are fools. They do not know me, Jeremiah chapter 4. And then God in a new covenant promise promise says that all of his people will know him through Christ. This is why David, who knew Christ personally, even living a thousand years before Jesus, wrote in Psalm 2, kiss The son, Neshku Bar, kiss the son, kiss the son. It's intimate involvement with Christ. Jesus describes himself that eternal life as he prays to his father on the night he was captured before he was crucified. In John 17, verse 3, he says, Eternal life is knowing God. And eternal life is knowing Christ Jesus, the Son of God. And this is why Jesus says in his own ministry, John 10, verse 14, for example, I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as I know the Father and the Father knows me. The intimate relationship between the believer and the Son is God's primary purpose for you if you belong to him. To know Christ and a very deep, growing relationship, an intimate one. This is God's purpose. And for Paul and many others like him biblically, Paul would say that knowing Christ is far better than anything in life, more valuable than anything you can find, obtain, earn, or consider in the universe. Whatever a person may value in this present age, such as status, Vocational achievements, religious accomplishments, titles, honors, stuff, things, victories, championships, recognition, likes, material wealth, and comfort, predictability. To have and know Christ, to gain Christ and the knowing of Christ is far better than all of this. And Paul emphasizes this. Listen again to what he writes. Whatever gain I had, I count as loss on account of Christ. Verse 8, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This was Paul's number one desire in life. Here's a question for you. Here's a question for me. Is this our number one desire? Is Christ your number one priority and desire? For many, that may not be the case. For me, historically, before God's grace really entered my life, it was not the case. I was unaware of this. Many have never tasted the value and the power and the intimacy of Christ. And one of the reasons is in our country, at least, United States, where I'm speaking, obviously, not everyone is from the United States, but we have way too much in our country and not all but many do and and we're born and we're educated and trained for material gain and success in this world it's true and we are distracted by 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 the world and world agendas all the time and and, and what the world is selling us is contrary to this truth god's purpose for your life and then you add on these wicked sad prosperity messages that teach that Jesus Christ is your power to things, and your best life is now, and you can have what you want if you believe in Jesus, which is so untrue and contrary to the gospel, as we will further see uh, in, in this passage. The Bible truth is this: God did not give us Christ so that we would have things or earthly comfort. God gave us Christ so that we would have Christ. Gaining Christ, knowing Christ, is the gain of a believer's life to the extreme. It is a love relationship between you, the believer, and Christ, your Lord. Christ is to be number one in our hearts. The Bible emphasizes this. He is to be the preeminent one in our lives, more Amazing, more beautiful, more wanted, more craved, more pursued than anything else in our life. And here's something that Paul adds that is even extremely shocking to many. According to Paul and others who write in the Bible, our gain of Christ is maximized through our loss of things. This is One reason the prosperity messages are such a joke, because they're so contrary to what the Bible says. In other words, Paul is saying that less things in your life is more Christ, more gain of Christ. Listen to what he writes. I count everything a loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, on account of which I've suffered the loss of all things. He did, he had position, he had power, he had resources, he had influence, connection. Paul could do anything he really wanted in Jerusalem and around because of his reputation, his title. He could go to any restaurant and get a seat whenever he wanted. He had tickets to whatever he wanted to go to and people admired him and he had favors, whatever he wanted. But he now says, I count all this as loss and even rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. I count this stuff as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now, what what happens is a lot of people, when they truly come to understand what Paul is writing, they may not apply it to their life, but they think, you know, okay, Paul, you're a little bit over the top. Have you ever thought this? I mean, I've heard this many times, you know. This is craziness, how Paul is writing. This is not really God's purpose for my life. You know, Paul was like this hyper-spiritual, over-the-top apostle, Bible writer, and he had to talk like this. He was a super intense guy, and everything he did, so of course, he would press it to the limit with Christ. That's just Paul's temperament. He was intense about everything, which... Paul's is actually a very gracious, loving, tender, kind man. He was intense, but he had intensity in the right areas. To live is Christ, to die is gain, Paul writes earlier in, um, in chapter one of this letter. Who would actually say that, people say? You know, that's not actually reasonable thinking. I mean, maybe it's like a cool tattoo or a nice magnet for your refrigerator, but... It's not real. You know, Paul was, he had a unique calling, but God wants us as believers today to display a little bit more balance and reasonableness in our lives. Well, that's what people think. Well, listen to what Paul says to that thinking in this passage, verse 15. He writes, Let those of us who are mature spiritually think this way the way that I'm writing in this letter. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. In other words, if you do not think that gaining Christ is the hope and the goal and the purpose of your life, well then, you're either not spiritually mature, not yet born again, and or you need God to reveal the truth to you. And that's what God did to me, because I didn't know this. In fact, coming to understand this as a believer, is absolutely the second most influential truth I've ever learned. Next to the depth of God's sovereign, eternal grace, knowing and learning and seeing that gaining Christ is the goal and purpose of life, was a life changer. And I'm thankful to God. I'm not saying I'm super smart and better than anyone. I'm just saying God showed me what we're reading now, and it's been a life changer for me. And if we do not believe Paul and what Paul's saying, well listen to what Jesus says then about these things. About Christ being number 1 and his gain being the purpose of your life. Matthew 13:44, Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and then covered up. Then in his joy, he goes away and sells everything he has in order to buy that field. Luke 9, verse 23 through 25, if anyone would come after me, Jesus says, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save, preserve his life in this world will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the entire world and loses or forfeits his soul? Matthew 10, Jesus says, verse 37, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Or whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Luke 14, if anyone does not renounce all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. The love of God and the desire for God over all things is not a brand new concept that just came out of Paul. This is what Jesus taught. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what old covenant people wrote in the Old Testament. For example, David, Psalm 16, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want Psalm 23. Psalm 63, David writes, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My f- flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. My soul will be satisfied as with as with rich and fat food. Isaiah 55, the Lord is a satisfaction of life. Again, this is why the thought that Christ is, Is a person's means to worldly possessions, things, success, and influence in this world is a mockery to the gospel. It's so sad what people try to teach to gain followers after them and gain their own money in their own ministries. Paul says this in our passage, verse 17 and 18, many of whom I've often told you and now tell you with tears, Walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Again, my friend, God did not give us Christ to make us spiritually wealthy. God gave us Christ so that we would have Christ and be spiritually wealthy. Let me say that again. I think I misspoke. God did not give us Christ to make us materially wealthy. He gave us Christ to make us spiritually wealthy in Christ. Ephesians 1 3, 2 Corinthians 8 9. It's true. And God's desire for his people is that our full devotion, love, and attention and worship will be towards Christ. And if there's anything in the way, any distraction, any challenge to that, then God will remove those things from our life because to have Christ is better for us and more valuable and more satisfying. And so God will eliminate things in order to make us more desiring of Christ, knowing of Christ, dependence on Christ, and faithfulness Christ. And thirdly, gaining Christ is a gain of becoming more like Christ. In addition to our salvation and knowing Christ personally, gaining Christ is becoming more like Christ, growing in Christ-likeness, conformity to Christ, spiritual maturation in Christ. This is God's purpose for your life. More than all the things already mentioned earlier about your job, your vocation, your kindness, and morality, even though morality and kindness are a result of your spiritual maturity in Christ, sanctification. Paul's talked about the exceeding value of knowing Christ and that the righteousness of God comes by faith in Christ. And then he says in verse 10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and and participation in his sufferings being conformed to his death that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. To conform is to become like or develop similar attitude or character to the one to whom you're being conformed to. In this case, it is Christ. This is what God is doing in our life. His number one agenda in your life, Paul repeats this in Romans 8, is to conform us to the image of his son, to make us more and more like Jesus. In spiritual maturation, deeper knowledge of God, more holiness, more faithfulness and obedience, greater usefulness and ministry, more humility, wisdom, deeper love, a greater trust in God, further self-sacrifice, more intensity of focus and heaven-mindedness, and a more God-honoring and God-centered life. This is who Christ was and is, and this is who God is is sanctifying, growing us to be. How does God do this? Well, by the grace of God at work in our life. That's what Paul says in Philippians 2, live out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. God is going to sanctify us whether we like it or not. We need to know that he is maturing us to become more and more in character and behavior like Christ. And he does this by the power of Christ, by the power that raised Christ from the dead, Paul says. How do you know the power of God? You experience the power of God as you go through situations, especially that require the power of God to deliver results when we realize that our flesh and our minds and our human intelligence are meaningless to accomplishing the true things of God in ministry and in this world. As Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God wants us to know, experience, grow in his power and the beauty and the results of it. And then he also uses suffering. Paul says, I want to participate in the sufferings of Christ. People think this is crazy, but it is true. One of the ways that God sanctifies us and makes us more like Jesus is through suffering. In chapter one, Paul says that that, uh, God God has not only caused us to believe in Christ, he also causes us to suffer for Christ. Suffering is a part of the Christian life. Paul knew this. Jesus taught this. Romans 5, verse 3, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. James says the same thing in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and it comes at a death to ourself. We're dead. We 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 do not save our lives. We we die to self in this world. I've been crucified with Christ, Paul writes Galatians 2.20. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. As we die to self and we become more like Christ, God works in us and and He 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 causes us to be conformed into the image of His Son. And before our ministry, before our jobs, before many things we want to do and achieve, being like Christ spiritually, mature like Christ, is God's purpose for our life. And this is what you and I should pray for. If you want to pray effectively for your friends or yourself, pray foundationally that your friend or yourself, that God would give you the grace to gain Christ. Make this the aim of your, your life. I want to gain Christ. I want to know Christ more deeply. I want to trust him more in my life. And I want to become more and more like him. And if God wants to strip me clean of everything I had or things I once got to do, then fine, do that because better than whatever it is one may have had in their past, whatever luxuries, whatever there were, Christ Jesus is better than any of that. Absolutely better. And then all your ministry, if you want to be effective in ministry, all ministry is triggered from this reality, gaining Christ and knowing Christ. So for those who are in ministry, we're all in ministry. Make it your aim, desire, pray and attitude and pursuit to gain Christ and watch what God will do. And lastly, and climactically, The gaining of Christ is the ultimate gain of eternal glory with Christ in his kingdom forever. The climax and the hope of the Christian life is to gain Christ, be with him in glory forever. Paul talking about this future glory says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already made perfect, I'm glorified, I'm not yet, Paul says, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, nor I have not made it my own, nor am I there yet, but one thing I do, I forget what lies behind, I forget the past, and I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And then he adds there, let all of us who are mature think this way. If you don't think this way, God will reveal it. He later says our citizenship is in heaven. This is the hope for the believer. Paul writes in Colossians 3, if you have been raised with Christ spiritually, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The ultimate gain for God's pur- people, the ultimate purpose for God's people, is being with Christ in person, being with God in person, and sharing in his glory. Forever. This is why God chose you and saved you if you are His. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We should always give thanks to God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you for salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth. And God called you to this through the gospel in order that you would share. And the glory of His Son, Christ Jesus. This is the hope for all believers. If you canvas through the Bible and look at the men who wrote Scripture and reveal their personal lives, you will see a consistency about them all. They had one eye on the Messiah and one eye on His kingdom. This is true for Abraham, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, John, Matthew, Paul, and every true believer this is what God wants, that we would crave and want and, and love the Messiah now and crave and want and hope for his kingdom to be with him in eternity. Here's the question. How about you? Please, my friend, know that Christ Jesus is the treasure of life. In Christ Jesus and the gaining of Christ is God's purpose for your life. If you belong to him praise the lord thank you very much for listening spread